You are listening to The Family Culture Project, and this is episode number 17, Resilience and Family Culture, with special guest Emily Sue Allen. We are Carl and Kimberly Amici, and we're here to help you live a life of purpose with the ones you love and become the family you were meant to be. So Carl, what comes to mind when I say the word resilience? Well, I thought it would be helpful to actually start with the definition. So the definition of resilience, when I looked it up, is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties and or basically just general toughness. I would for sure say that resilience is something that you need when it comes to building family culture. I know that there's been times in this process wherein I've felt discouraged, I want to give up, I want to quit. I start to make changes within my family, within myself, and the way I do things, and I don't see immediate results. And there's been plenty of times when I just want to call it quits and just give up. So yeah, you're right. It's a step-by-step process. It's It takes time, right? You're, you can't expect to see results immediately. Um, it could be a frustrating period of time, but I think it's that resiliency to just keep going, knowing that you are headed toward, um, you, you know, your vision for your family and what you're headed toward is the right path to be on. And even if you get diverted slightly from that path is to stay, is to have the resiliency to stay on the path because the benefits will definitely come. It may take a little bit longer, but it'll, it, it will, you will see the fruit. Resiliency is definitely important when it comes to building family culture. It's super important in order to get to the big goal, what you want your family to be known for, the values that you have. And so resilience and having those goals in mind for your family and working towards them is really important. I also think resiliency is important when it comes to the everyday because I've tried to do a lot of things with my children and I'm thinking about chore charts, I'm thinking about maybe scripture, memory, incentive programs, even behavior programs, sticker charts, where I get great ideas and I try to implement them and then somewhere along the lines I get tripped up, we don't continue doing them anymore, and we stop doing them. And I there's a tendency in me to want to get discouraged and there's a tendency to want to just, oh, forget it, you know, nobody cares if I actually finish this. But what I've learned is that when I keep at it, when I try again, when I try something new, when I go through the trial and error process of implementing the things that are important to me, and then when I finally have success in them, I can look back and be grateful for what I've done and see the changes and the things I've built within our family. You're right. I mean, because I think, you know, your example with the chore charts, I think you went through probably two or three different iterations of that before um, you actually nailed it with the one that you're on now. And the kids really have everything down by rote. So it's that resiliency to know that this is the right thing to do. You know, I also see where resiliency is important when it comes to teaching and training our kids and developing their character. You could spend a lot of years teaching your child certain things, and and they may just take a while to stick. It's a perfect example of something that you might not see the fruit of until the future, but sticking with it and staying the course, you can be confident that there's going to be fruit in that area. This the, this consistency in our behavior and how we act and how we develop our children actually creates security for them. So even though these are chores or these are things that, you know, a kid could rebel against, it's this consistency and the resiliency to 
be consistent to develop these things, incorporate them into your families. It actually creates security for the kids. Mm -hmm. So in our interview with Emily Sue Allen, she says that resiliency is recognizing that we have the power to move in a different direction. And what I love about this interview is that she is speaking straight to our hearts and to that place where we often get discouraged and want to give up. And she's there to remind us that we have a choice and we have power when we decide that we're not going to quit and we're going to keep moving on. And she also talks about the fact that even if it means moving in a different direction, the idea that, that when we keep moving, we're going to have results and good results, I think can be inspiring to many. So I really do think um, as, as well, this is, you know, th this is a really important topic. So I'm really excited about um, this interview, um, besides building strong family culture, it's a, it's a key to a lot of areas of our, of our life. And it's that uh, ability to stay tough, stay the course, know that you're on the right path and the results will come. It doesn't mean that you won't fail along the way or you won't have problems along the way or you won't have troubles along the way. It just means that you are on the right path and you are the, you have the resiliency and the toughness to just stick the course. Can you give us an example of something that's discouraged you as a husband or a father? And then what are some of the things that you've done to overcome that? to become resilient? I guess like all of us, I said one of the main things, um, I guess as a husband, father is just failure, right? So just, you know, knowing that you're not doing enough or feeling like you're not doing enough to get us where we want to be, um, or, or just to be what I want to be from a family perspective and, and upholding all of our core values all the time. You know, we're fallible, we make mistakes and, um, you know, it's just having the ability to forgive yourself and, um, you know, and, and, and I think we're pretty good with our family and forgiving each other for when we make mistakes that, um, you know, it's, 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 and I think that's a really important part because it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to kind of get off track. It's easy to feel like you're a failure at times, but, um, you, you got to remember the glimpses of what you've created the good things that you know you've seen um, and you know where you're headed. And I think self-awareness is one of the best things. If you can self-reflect on your own failings um, and then you're at least on the path to making them better. Um, doesn't mean you don't make future mistakes, of course, but um, you know, you're on the path to be open to learn, um, do better, um, be better. Yeah, and I think that glimpse is important too that, of the vision that you hold for your family. That's definitely one of the things that motivates me the most. Absolutely. So Kimberly, what can you share with us about how you've been able to create resiliency within our kids? Sometimes it's just a matter of encouraging them and walking them through the experience that they're having, walking them through whatever it is that's tripping them up and saying, okay, let's slow down. Let's take a breath. Let's try this again. Or I can say, all right, let's just stop what we're doing, assess where we're at, and do we need to make different choices? Do we need to go in a different direction? And I think just just being patient with them and you know, knowing just knowing in and of itself how important it is to be resilient motivates me to to teach it to them. What I think you're saying as well is is really um, look, you know, we're training right future adults at the end of the day and. Um, you know, they're, they're young and they're going to make a lot of mistakes and they, and, and, and you're able to share with them why that's okay. And, and why, um, you know, that's normal so that, um, they don't have to be worried about making mistakes and, and, and learning and, and developing so that they, they can stay resilient 
to what you're trying to teach them without getting discouraged. Mm -hmm. And especially as the kids get older, I can share with them my experience. I can talk to them about some of the things that I struggled with and I overcame as a child, as a teenager, and as a young adult. I'm able to say, hey, you know, I know what you're experiencing. I know what you're going through. I know how you feel, but this is what I've learned. And I do think I'm, you know, preaching to myself while I'm preaching to them that they're going to get through this. And as you, as you were speaking, the one thing that I would just add to that is I think really forgiveness is a good part of resiliency is that ability to say, look, I screwed up and please forgive me and, Mm -hmm. and have that true forgiveness gives people the um, strength to one, ask for forgiveness and, and move forward, know that it's okay that I made something wrong and know that you're forgiven and you move forward and you have a clean slate. So I think part of resiliency and the forgiveness aspect of, and, and not only how the kids ask for forgiveness, but how we ask for their forgiveness when mm-hmm. we screw it up as parents. It's time to become the family you were meant to be. We're thrilled to announce that pre-registration is now open for our Family Culture Project Signature Course. We will be your companions as you decide what you want your family to be known for. Determine your core values and passions and translate your values into behaviors that can be taught, coached, and celebrated. And then create a family manifesto. Go to www.thefamilycultureproject.com to sign up. You will be the first to be notified when the course officially opens and receive our pre-registration discount. Today, I will be talking to Emily Sue Allen. She is the founder of the Kindred Mom blog and the host of the Kindred Mom podcast. Soul care for moms and helping women find joy in the midst of their motherhood journey are among her greatest passions. She is a contemplative, creative soul who celebrates the beauty of a humble, handmade life and deeply values the power of encouragement. She lives with her husband and six kids in the Pacific Northwest and personally blogs at emilysueallen.com. So excited to have you on the show. Um, I've been following you on your blog, on your podcast, on social media, and we are part of a writer's group together. So it's um, a wonderful privilege to be able to talk with you face-to-face about um, family culture and resiliency. So why don't you start us off and tell us about you and your momhood and your parenting and where you are now in that journey. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you. I have six kids and they range in age from two to 12. There are three boys and three girls and it's a very exciting time of life to have so many kids kind of in a short age span and we're just right in the thick of those years of kids learning and growing and developing and discovering their interests. And so this is a topic that's close to my heart because it's you know, it's where we're at. It's something that I'm actively investing in with my own family. Mm -hmm. So it's safe to say that you're not getting everything right the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not. It's a work in progress. And I think, especially if we're going to be talking about resilience, Mm -hmm. that's something that I think is only really discovered as we practice it, as we embrace it. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I get to practice all the time. Yeah. So if we want to cultivate resilience in our parenting, what is the first thing that we need to say to ourselves? What is something that you've done that's helped you? Yeah, so I just think with resilience, um, I think there's a lot of pressure on parents to just have the answers to everything at the beginning and 
nobody has the answers at the beginning. Nobody has a manual to consult to say, this is the perfectly right choice every time on every subject. And so there's inherently going to be some messy stuff with figuring out what is the best choice for my child or this situation or this particular season of our family's life. And um, so I think resilience is first about recognizing the power that we have to move in a different direction, that wherever we are right now, if it's not where we want to be as a family or as an individual, that we have power to make a change and to reorient ourselves to a different goal with different parameters. And um, I also think it's important to remember that resilience is not about results, like Resilience is really about a posture of our hearts where we um, can kind of recognize where we are and be honest about the weaknesses that we have and the shortcomings or the, um, the things that don't necessarily reflect our ultimate desire or vision, but that we can turn ourselves that direction mm-hmm. uh, when we decide we want to make a change. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you're talking about it on your blog and on your podcast, because I don't think parents, friends are talking to each other about the places that they maybe fall short or don't meet the expectation that they thought that, that, mm-hmm. that they had for themselves, or they, they're not talking about how it's not as easy as they thought it would be because they're not, they're not sharing, but they're also by not sharing, they're also not getting the encouragement they need from others to say, yeah, I've been there, done that. Like, mm-hmm. how have you overcome it? So um, for you to talk about it is amazing because I think it starts the conversation with, well, how are you overcoming it and what are you doing? And yeah. It's really important. Yeah. I think it's really tough to be vulnerable in this day and age when we have kind of a little bit whitewashed Instagram and, you know, there's different ways that we just want people to think well of us, which means mm-hmm. if we are letting our true colors show or letting our weaknesses, you know, kind of be a little bit more out there, that's really scary. And um, it, it kind of brings up feelings of shame or frustration or just feeling like we're we're obviously not doing as great as the next person, you know, which isn't really true. I found that more of the time that when I am vulnerable about what I'm struggling with or going through, people chime in and say, oh, me too. I didn't know you felt that way, or I didn't know you were struggling with that. And um, I just think it really draws out relationships and helps people feel safe in a more community conversation about these things to not try to keep it all together. Yeah, definitely. So what are the two or three things that you um, think rob us or snuff out the resilience um, that we can be on the lookout for? Yeah, there's definitely a couple of them. I think discouragement is um, (laughs) the quickest way to rob anybody of the willpower to, to try and make changes in their family or in the dynamics, you know, of their family culture. And um, discouragement is not a, spo- it's not a place that we're supposed to be dwelling. It's not a place that we're supposed to stay in discouragement for a long period of time, or it really has detrimental effects on us individually and our families. And so I try to see discouragement as something that I just need to acknowledge. Like I might be discouraged about something, but that should be a momentary stop and something that from there I go a new direction, you know, kind of like pushing up off the bottom of the pool when you're trying to get a new breath of air. Mm -hmm. It's just something we're not meant to be, you know, stuck there. And I also think this was my biggest discovery in the series we did on resilience um, is that 
I realized that some of my struggle was related to me waiting around to, tr- to be rescued from the responsibilities of my own life. And <laughs> that was very convicting to realize like, I want this to be easier and I want someone else to make it easier on me. And it wasn't until I realized, well, I can make some changes. I can move some pieces around and set my priorities differently and communicate differently than I am right now. And it does change the whole circumstance, um, mm-hmm. not as immediately as I would want it to happen necessarily, but it does put me in a new space, going a new direction. And that's something that was a huge, is a huge breakthrough for my family, um, realizing mm-hmm. that I could do that. Yeah. yeah. The last thing I wanted to mention is I think fear of disappointing others or the fear of looking weak or looking like we don't have it together also keeps us from actually being resilient because it it makes us hide away and not really ask for the support or encouragement or wisdom that we would be looking for from people who might have more experience than us. And fear just robs us of more than we realize, I think. Yeah. That's a good one. I know that, um, yeah, there is sometimes this need to ha- have it all together or to feel like we have it all together. And um, I would say not just um, in front of our friends, but in front of our family and even mm-hmm. in front of our children. Mm-hmm. Like I, I want to be the, like I'm the mom, I should have all the answers, but there's something to be said for saying, and I think you might've mentioned this. I don't know if it was on the podcast or the blog, but just stopping for a moment and letting your kids know, Hey, I didn't have it right the first time. I think it was when you mm-hmm. interviewed, um, someone in the family culture series. You have to remind yeah. me of her name. I think um, Laura Cook, it was. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And she said, you know, stopping to acknowledge, okay, I didn't have all the answers this time mm-hmm. around, but let's try something new. And and so whether it's friends, family members, or even our own children, we, we have mm-hmm. this need to want to have it all together. And I think that um, there's so much power and influence when we have when we stop and we recognize, I need to start over. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and so how do you teach resilience to your children? Well, it's not something that I just wake up and say, we're going to be learning about resilience today. <laughs> um, and I don't know if it's something that is easy to pin down, but I do think as with everything in parenting, what we model to our kids is really what they take with them. It speaks louder than what we say to them. And so I think first being gracious with myself about my shortcomings or the things that I do that just didn't come together the way I wanted them to, or if I raised my voice when I really wanted to be patient, that I just try to own that. I try to really make things right with them and and say, that was not the behavior that I'm proud of. And I apologize that I think when they see that apologies and kind of course correcting ourselves is the norm, that it's okay for them to do the same thing and say, I want to go a different direction. I want to have a better attitude. I want to, you know, jump in and try things knowing that it may not turn out the way that I want to, but it's okay to try and it's okay for mistakes to be made. And I also think proactively speaking to kids about the strength and courage um, and the capability that we see in them. I think anytime we shine a light on someone and say, I see you doing these things well, that it just boosts their confidence in a way that can't be 
replaced by any other yeah. figure in their lives. Like other people can encourage them, but a way a parent invests in their child's um, confidence is unlike any other relationship. And so that's something that I really try to do with my kids. Um, I'm not perfect at it, but it is uh, something that I think as I give them opportunities to challenge themselves and learn how to make decisions and problem solve that some of that age appropriate independence and giving them room to make mistakes helps build their abilities and their confidence in themselves and makes them more resilient. Mm -hmm. I love what you said about acknowledging and celebrating. I try to circle back with my kids after they've done something really hard that they really wanted to give up on and that they really, I pushed mm -hmm. them to, to do. And I say, remember when you thought the world was going to end? <laughs> yeah. It didn't end and look how it turned out. And, and yeah. I do, um, when, they're, when their hearts are open and they're open to receiving that sort of um, encouragement instruction, I come back and say, hey, look at what happened. Look at how the day started out and look at how it ended up. And yeah. I think that that's, yeah, that's important. Yeah. I'm glad mm -hmm. you said that. Um, now as husband and wife, um, mm -hmm. and a family, we are under different kinds of pressure. Um, mm -hmm. the husband, the pressure that my husband faces at work is different than the pressure I face during the day. And it doesn't, one is not harder and one is not better or easier. Um, mm -hmm. but I often find that, um, my encouragement matters to my husband. So talk to me about how we can encourage our spouses in resilience. Yeah, I, I mentioned discouragement before as being something that really just kind of robs a situation of hope and connection. And um, I think it inhibits teamwork when one or both spouses are discouraged. And so I think guarding against our own negativity or criticism of our spouse can go a long way to mm. just help um, buoy their spirit where they're able to recover from whatever stress or pressure they're coming home with. In our family, my husband works all day and is gone and is dealing with these high pressure situations that I can't even, <laughs> I can't relate to in that same risk. Like, I just can't relate to it. Yeah. Same way. It's different stuff than what I'm going through. And so I just try to be ready with a gracious response in our conversations, even if it gets a little tense or he is carrying that stress home with him, that I can really be generous with encouraging words, acknowledging the strength and the success that I see in him and the being grateful for what it is that he is doing for our family every day. Um, I just think that that goes a long way to helping a spouse kind of recenter themselves, as they, especially as they're coming home from work. Um, I was going to say, too, um, that resilience is really about moving through or away from the, the fear and shame that keeps us entangled in this negative space in relationships. And so um, I think it's a little bit easier sometimes to see um, resilience and see strengths in our spouses and they maybe can see in themselves and so just drawing those things out and the times that I've acknowledged like babe I thought you I thought you did this really well and I saw a lot of growth in you through this circumstance that I think that means a lot to our spouses when we see and acknowledge them especially through the vulnerable things hmm. um, that maybe are only available in the husband and wife relationship, you know, like yeah. there are things about my own insecurities that only my husband knows and he can speak directly to that and um, encourage me in ways that nobody else can. And so I just think taking that 
honorable connection that place seriously and uh, investing in positivity um, and encouragement is huge. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, an outside perspective is always helpful. And when it's the person that's living under our same roof, speaking into our vulnerable places, it's so empowering. Yeah, definitely. Um, So there may be some of our listeners out there that feel overwhelmed in parenting. Mm -hmm. And um, what would you say is one practical thing that they can do today to begin to cultivate resilience in their lives? And, and hopefully that would eventually trickle down to their family, their children and their spouse. Yeah, I think everyone feels overwhelmed in parenting at one point or another, and um, I I have felt that even in the last week. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very present uh, feeling, I think, when you're in the thick of things. Um, But I first try to investigate my expectations, the ones that I'm like clinging tightly to, the expectations of myself, my expectations of my kids. And I think it's important to just take an honest look and see, are these expectations realistic? Are they helpful or are they something that is kind of sending us the wrong direction? Because I think um, it's really not usually the circumstances that we're in that send us that direction. It's the discouragement or our dashed hopes or unmet expectations that send us to a negative space, you know, because the the practical physical things of circumstances can change quickly, but we can still be stuck on our disappointment over such and such a thing didn't go the way that we wanted it to. And so um, instead of expectations or unrealistic expectations, um, I just think trying to figure out what is our bigger picture vision um, instead of the chaos and crisis right in front of us that we would see kind of the longer term goals and um, architect our priorities in that direction and make small decisions that help us chase that vision. Mm -hmm. And for me, I have to recognize that the goal isn't perfection because if the goal is perfection, then I will fail every time. But if the goal is to take one step in the right direction, I can do that. I can do that over and over and over again. And it, it's kind of, instead of being caught in a cycle of frustration, being able to start over and take what I've learned and incorporate that into the next step of how we problem solve or how we resolve what is not going well. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so true. Keep our eyes on the big picture. Yeah. Yeah. That's really helpful. Um, So before we wrap up, would you tell us where we can find you online? Yes. um, Most of my time online is spent over at kindredmom.com, which um, is a collaborative blog and podcast just meant to encourage moms and we have Instagram and Facebook for that community and I also sometimes occasionally write mm-hmm. on my personal blog which is emilysueallen.com and I have a separate Instagram that's just my life and family. Oh that's great. All right. Thank you so much for being with us today. You bet. Thanks Kimberly. You can find Emily's post, When Resilience Seems Like Floundering, and the entire series on the Becoming a Resilient Mom at the Kindred Mom blog. She also did a series on intentionally creating family culture that is worth reading. Her series and our podcast can be found at www.kindredmom.com. We'll link to all of this in the show notes.
Thanks for joining us for this episode. If you'd like to connect beyond the podcast, you can find us over at Instagram. It's our favorite place to share our family culture hacks. You can find me at Carl Amici. And you can find me at Kimberly Amici. As you move forward through your week, consider one simple thing that you heard in this episode that you can apply today. And don't worry if you don't get it right the first time. Because family culture is not about perfect, it's about purpose. To learn more about the Family Culture Project, go to thefamilycultureproject.com. Today's episode was produced by Kimberly Amici, Noelle Rhodes, along with production assistant Melanie Torres. The Family Culture Project is part of the Juniper Collective, a network of podcasting vision carriers who believe every person can have a better life.